When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply are not supported by and do not reflect those of the Evening Rush Network. Viewer's discretion is advised. Right, all right, all right, all right, all right. You are now plugged in with Molly. Joe and my man Zachariah, who listen, we welcomed in last week, you know, with a banger. If you didn't see it, you can check it out on the different platforms we're on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Anchor.fm, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Mixcloud, Google Podcasts, iTunes Podcasts, of course, the eveningrushnetwork.com. And now, Brand new, like the Eden Rushes keep leveling up. I don't know, you know. Let me, let me give him, give him his flowers. The the the, the man behind the scene, done, done. You know what I mean? But now he has an app for that. You know what I'm saying? As they say, an app for that. And when they, you know, that's big. You know what I'm saying? So you can get the Eden Rush Network app available on both um, Android and Apple. Okay, so. With that being said, if you want to, you could call us up on 929-441-2417. That's 929-441-2417. Now, leading straight into it, that's my man, Words by Joe. That's my other man, Zachariah Israel. And guess what? This is plugged. All right? Get plugged in. Plug out of the system. Get plugged in. Yo, Joe, what you got to say to us? Oh, boy. It's been such an interesting week. I'm still hype off of last week's show. Let the people know we got some new product and content coming for you and it's some new uh, programs, if you will. So just stay mm-hmm. tuned. Like we got some things happening. So we're glad to have mm-hmm. you on. And, you know, mm-hmm. please call if you have something that you want to discuss or if you want to converse with one of us, you know, we bring the energy. It, may, it helps us grow. It helps us continue what we do. Yep, definitely. Facebook Live is where we're trying to go with it. out check our videos out um on 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 facebook live that's for sure um zachariah what's good with you oh man just uh excited about where we're going got some new ideas on um how we're going to spread this word and and grow this movement mm-hmm. and um, looking to get started working as soon as possible i'm reaching out to a few people uh movers and shakers and um Going to start hitting up some of these organizations that can help uh, get behind it and, and uh, or get be affiliated with the movement and help us push things forward. And we're going to have some exciting new guests to join the show. Uh, hopefully, soon. So, well, that's definitely you know we welcome all of that. We welcome all of the flavor. You understand what I'm saying? So now I know my week. My week, you know, I mean, dealing with Baller, dealing with um, the Empire Martial League. There's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of things brewing. There's a lot of announcements to be made down the line. Um, shout out to, to to everybody over at Baller. 
our EB, our founders, and the such, because you guys are doing such a great job over there that we, it, you know, it, it, it seemed to look easy sometimes. You know what I'm saying? But it's, it's, it's a lot to it. You know what I mean? It's a whole lot to it. So I'm going to give a shout out to everybody over at Baller and say, listen, keep doing, keep, keep doing the good work. What's going on with you, Joe, at work, man? Uh, well, I'm going through a little bit of a transition. You know, uh, we're in the process of finding a new CEO, but there's a lot of us who've been there for a long time and just continue to hold it down. P.O.P. As the blind lady said, you know, the legally blind lady said, we just holding it down, um, trying to continue uh, uh, the, the new school year. You know, it's been very complicated, very difficult. You know, um, mm-hmm. the issue is too many kids, not enough resources. Well, that was going to be the case when you talk about the pandemic and the mandates and the such. And then you talk about the pride of man and all of that. And then their rights. You understand what I'm saying? Because once you give once you once you continue to get, strip yourselves of your rights, then um, you, you live in a, 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 um, a dictatorship in a sense. So, you know, it's at some point you got to hold the line. You know what I mean? But at some point you have to understand, you know, we're holding the line. What holding the line actually means. So, you know, with that being said, um, we move on to the world of sports a little bit because guess what came back this week? The NBA is back this week. The Knicks took a W. Brooklyn took a loss. I'm so happy. But, you know, uh, (laughs) uh, um, yeah, Brooklyn took a loss. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I understand, Don, that, you know, you're hurting behind that. Kyrie still standing behind his convictions. Like I said, that line we're talking about, right? That's right, right, Zach? Yeah, that means a lot. I like how you put it just now. Mm-hmm. Um, we strip ourselves of our freedom. Mm-hmm. It feels like that at times because, you know, they give us a choice. But this choice comes with uh, so, quote-unquote, mandates. And, uh, you know, if you want to be able to do this – Right. And you got to remember the last big time that we did that was 9 11. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was, you know, precursor for all of this. Right. That was, that was so that we can um, allow them to be able to listen to us whenever they feel like it, see us whenever they feel like it, and all of that. Is it really more about stripping us of our freedoms as opposed to our personal choices? I mean, it is a choice to make, but the fact is, it's not. Kanye said it. Kanye said it. I mean, Kanye said slavery was a choice. Right. It's not It's not a popular choice. So we have to kind of confine ourselves to what's popular right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Do you want to join the, the few that are not going to be, that are going to miss out on certain privileges and going to be looked at as, you know, contradictory to what the popular theme is or, you know, does that even matter enough when it comes to upholding that line, holding that line? Exactly. And that is just our introduction, right? Like, I mean, like, there's a lot to it. You understand what I'm saying? And um, we're going to segue into something a little bit different, something that we came up with in the last week or so. Instead of just going with um, paying homage to our ancestors, because we looked at paying homage um, to our ancestors in a sense like that um, that was someone who might have passed, that was from the past and might have passed. So I'm saying paying homage to our ancestors in a sense of, you know, someone who was passed. 
now what we're going to do is because sometimes we also want to pay homage to those that make our ancestors proud. So that's what this segment is today. This segment today is now making our ancestors proud. Who, Joe, do you have out there that's making our ancestors proud? That's that our ancestors up, 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 up wherever they are, just clapping down at them. Well, I'm going to go with my hometown in Harlem. Every day, there's a lot of people who are doing the work and never mm-hmm. get credit for it, yours mm-hmm. included. But mm-hmm. this woman and her family have been around Harlem for a long time and right in plain sight, but it's not noticed and recognized. I'm talking about Miss Jennifer Wilson, who is the owner of Sisters Uptown Bookstore. I know Miss Jennifer. <laughs> students so and every time i go to get new books i support her bookstore because it's black only at one time we had liberation bookstore which was not far from where i live now and they had and for after liberation there wasn't really anything around for a long time then sisters uptown's been around for maybe the last 25 30 years and we're just uh it's good to know that you know we have a place where we can go that's pan-Africanism that's uh, pro-Black and supporting our causes and our struggles, and we can go get all the information that we need. So salute to Miss Jennifer. Continue doing what you're doing, and I hope the people that are listening, if I need to get some books from a Black bookstore in Harlem, you know where to go. Is there is there a website you know, for us, those of us that don't live in New York where we might be able to still support that business? Yes, if you go to Sisters Uptown, uh, SistersUptown, I believe, .com is there. This is Uptown Bookstore. Yep, dot com. That's where you go on the website. They have a full website up where you can go and get the um, get a book from there. And they do ship and order from other places around the world. Okay. Excellent. All right. Now, I just want to, you know, that's big because, like, keep on doing what you're doing, sis. Make our ancestors proud. Zach. No, it's me. Me. Molly. All right. (laughs) <laughs> Who do I think make our ancestors proud? I don't know. I just, you know, I mean, down the line, I'm going to get to, you know, regular folk or what have you, because this is that, I don't know. That's what I think this is really about. All of those people who, you know, who's not in the, you know, who's not in the mainstream or what have you. But I particularly like this brother, and that's Marshawn Lynch. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's but <my>, yeah. <laughs> NFL running back. Um, no, you know, notorious for for not only scoring touchdowns with the Seattle Seahawks and doing his thing in the world of football, but um, he, you know, he does his thing, you know, when it comes down to community community activism and the such. You know what I mean? He stands for a lot of what's positive. He stands for what what a lot of what plugged is about. You understand? Our people doing doing the work. You know what I mean. He's one of those dudes that's agent uh, agent for change. Um, I heard the, just recently, like he was on the sideline, and um, uh, Richard Sherman came up to him and asked him, like, "Yo, what you doing for the holidays?" You know what I'm saying? He was like, "Listen, I'm going back to the hood, give out some turkeys." Not, no, matter of fact, he said, nah, I ain't talking about, you know, you're talking about Christmas. I'm talking about Thanksgiving. You know, I don't celebrate neither, but, you know, he's like, I'm talking about Thanksgiving. Hey, I'm going to give out some turkeys and, you know, make the hood better. You know what I mean? That's the kind of brother that he is. He's also known for, for being very outspoken and then not being very outspoken when, when, they, when they expect him to be outspoken. 
You understand what I'm saying? That's where that, that famous term where it's like, I'm just here not to be fine. You know what I mean? I'm just here not to be fine. They asked him a million questions. I'm just here not to be fine because he wasn't going for the okie doke. So I think he's a modern day um, Jim Brown, if you want to say. You understand what I'm saying? And um, shout out to Marshawn Lynch, man. You you really make our ancestors proud. Zachariah. Yeah, so uh, personally, I'm going with a longtime family friend. And she, this woman is just uh, so accomplished in her field that I feel it's worthy of uh, highlighting some of her accomplishments and the things that she's setting out to do for uh, the black community. And she is an ophthalmologist. Her name is Dr. Nanita Brown, MD and PhD. She started out at Spelman College and uh, where she earned her Bachelor of Science and simultaneously went to Georgia Tech at the same time to earn her Bachelor of Engineering. Uh, she then went on to Duke University Graduate School for graduate school and earned her PhD. And following that, she went to uh, Duke University School of Medicine where she got her MD. Um, she's just doing so many big things. Uh, right now, she's currently at um, Thomas I Group in Noonan, Georgia. And she just recently received a Secretariat Award from the American Academy of Ophthalmology for her leadership development program there. Um, she also does big things like, um, I remember one time I was speaking to her and she was actually in Haiti um, where she went down there with a few of her colleagues and opened up a clinic where she can provide free healthcare to the underprivileged community there. And they were also doing some testing to further um, solutions for um, glaucoma, which is her specialty. And not only is she doing that, she's developing new technology um, within the medical field and um, particularly towards uh, solutions for actually coming up with a cure for glaucoma. Mm. So I remember last time I spoke to her, I was asking her about one of the uh, pieces of technology that she was working on. And she responded with, uh, which one? <laughs> so, um, I mean, this woman is just, she's all around just humble and a great leader in the community. And she's always doing and speaking at events for the black community and just uh, doing everything she can to help out. Um, and kudos to her, man. Yeah, shout out to her. That that was a lot, bro. Like, her list, her list is oh, man, I, cool, I, I have more. I, I was trying to sum it up. She's I, I got you. Hey, listen, listen, I understand and kudos to her. I look forward to when we have her on so she can speak to her own greatness and whatnot. Yeah, and that, that's and, the next you know. step. But yeah. These are the yeah. things we look for in our in this segment. We look for making our ancestors proud. It's kind of like giving people the roses while they're here, you know? Uh, and we look for that because there's so many that are unheralded, dead and alive. And we want to acknowledge everybody at one point that has done something for the cause and for the culture and showing that we need something. So all those people that we just named, you get your, we giving y'all your roses. Yes. Marshawn Lynch, Jennifer Wilson, Dr. Nanita Brown, shout out to you guys for being the great, you know, the people that's, that's here trying to make changes as we, as we go through this. Making I mean? it, that's just proud. Right, right, right. So next segment, 
It's one of the segments that I love because it brings out what's going on in the world today and all that other good stuff. Um, it's our current event, but guess what? We're doing it around Robin Way, right? So we're going to do our little, 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 little minute. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? It's round robin time. So, first off, with round robin time, we got Bed-Stuy Pre-K gets 200000 to expand its reach from a particular um, grant, I believe. I'm Joe? Yes. Yeah. It was a particular grant that was given uh, through uh, some, pro- uh, some projects in uh, Brooklyn. And this uh, organization is the Pan-Africanist uh, school a pan-africanist uh pre-k school which is not heard of so it is great to know that these things exist and they continue so i mean this is the example you know you want to start your children young you want to start them off learning this stuff so when they get to where we are in life they it's already like common life for them mm-hmm yeah, because um, I, I I I I particularly enjoyed this story. It was it was it was really you know took you know took it to heart because it's something that I look forward to do in the, in the future. You understand? I look forward to um, the the, the bed style. You know, I look forward to open up my you know pre K of my own. I believe you know a three K pre K because it's never too early. You understand? What I'm saying and um, other countries show us that China shows that Russia shows that. Korea shows that a lot of other countries shows that it is never too early to teach our kids um, the basics of life. You understand what I'm saying? And some and, and a lot about their history. So when it comes down to it, this is just the, the you know, the tip of the iceberg. I believe that um, I believe people close to us is, is worthy of the same um, grants. You understand what I'm saying? For the work that they do. You know, what I mean, not to mention Jada John and the work she does with Bala. Um, you, Joe, and the work you do uptown and, you know, and all of that and the reach that you have and Zachariah, the stuff you're the stuff you're about to bring about. Listen, trust you, me. You know what I mean? This is this is going to be great. So with that being said, I love it. You know what I mean? Zachariah. Yeah. So um, I'm just uh, I just didn't want to leave out her name. Uh, I believe she's the director of the school, fellow Barcliffe. Mm-hmm. The name of the school is uh, Little Sun People. Uh-huh. And in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, um, the, the $200,000 grant came from David Prize. Uh, mm-hmm. The David Prize, yes. Organization. Yeah. yeah. And, um, um, yeah. They and, actually uh, give out a million dollars. So what it is, is they actually give out about um, five different 200, you know, five different checks. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, I, I believe it's never too early, especially when we know our kids are they're starting to you know to mold their minds at a young age anyway you know my son is in what's called tk which is the next step up from pre-k before you go to kindergarten he's mm-hmm. here in california and i'm already having to counter you know like when'd you learn to school today oh, okay yeah it didn't go like that this is this is what really happened you know and, and since they're starting so young with our children like you said it's never too early so counter the the opposition before it even begins, you know, to set them on the on the on the straight path of, you know, who their ancestors are and the history that's not being taught. Yes, indeed. So okay. mind, to be able to to be able to be curious about that later on when they start to learn about it in school and certain parts are left out. <laughs> right? 
So <laughs> I think I heard. I think I heard the chime. I don't know. You heard it. Yeah, my ears are selective. <laughs> Says it's selective. It's selective when you want to keep chatting, right? <laughs> All right. This is something that um I think um is is pretty pretty awesome. Um, racism racism was declared a public health crisis in New York City. It's hmm. actually pretty dope. What you think? I agree. I mean, wow. It's about I mean, time. About, yeah, about time. Yeah. When you think about something like that with racism and what's going on right now in this country, I mean, we have more than enough examples of racism being held as a public health crisis. I mean, look at what's going on with the pandemic right now. I mean, we're still in it. Mm-hmm. And we're suffering from the after effects of the last year and a half. Yeah. And I know people personally who are just so mentally stressed out because of the opportunities and the lack of thereof. Look at this, you know, and it's not just coming from blacks. It's coming from all forms of life. Even what was happening with the anti-Asian bill that was happening um, a few months back. That's a form of racism as well. These things need to be acknowledged. You know, people are turning on other people because they want somebody to be taking the blame. But you know, it seems like a lot of us, and I'm speaking of people of my descent, are the ones that I see that are struggling the most. Homelessness, mental health, and nothing being done about it. No solution. You know, our mayor will just give them a, a couple of Mets tickets and call it a day. <laughs> That's yeah. it. And, that and oh, there's no problems with the subways. Oh, everything is fine. Peachy King and leave it to the next mayor that comes in, whether it's the guardian angel dude or the ex-cop. You know which one is it? I'm, I'm being, uh, I'm being sarcastic when I say it because I know who they are. But you know that that's where the mindset is right now. They're gonna leave it for either Eric Adams or Curtis, uh, or Curtis Sewer, you know, and like they can really do anything because it's this is where it is, you know. And there's no right now. There's no option for it. Yeah, it's it's really none. I mean, yeah, I, I, me personally, when it comes down to you saying racism be t- i mean like being declared a public health crisis um i think it's beyond that you know what i'm saying i think it's a it's a it's a it's a um epidemic you understand what i'm saying i think it's more you know i think it's a more serious situation than even just a public health crisis i mean if you want to just nutshell it as that so that we could get any kind of funding or any kind of yeah it's its own pandemic in a sense you know what i mean so therefore um you know, how I, me personally, I'm like, how long did it have to take you to realize this? Like, you know, you've been lynching people, you've been killing people, you've been murdering people, you've been, you know, you've been doing my people wrong for too many years for this to be something that's like almost like, oh, yeah, by the way, it's a public health crisis now in 2021. It was a it was it was this for 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 for, for forever. You know what I mean? Right. So, it hasn't changed. Like it hasn't had it. It hasn't had it. Not, not in the slightest bit. So for me, for me, I just, I just take these little situations with a grain of salt. You know what I mean? It's almost like, mm, okay, yeah, it's a health crisis now. The same way with the opioid situation became a health crisis now. You understand what I'm saying? Because what happens is these things affect them. It affects their bottom line because they can't be sitting here getting caught up in all this racist stuff 
and then all of a sudden they're going to jail and this and the third because it's getting ugly out here. So they got to they got to they got to they got to rein it in. So with that being said, yeah, eh, I don't I don't really you know so jump I, on it. I think uh, now being called a, a public health crisis, you know, like I was saying, about time, better late than never, right? But in actuality. Um, like you said, this has been going on for a long time. It's still been going on. And by the way, lynchings have never stopped since the days of slavery. Um, and, you know, it's just happening at, at, at on scale in a larger sector. You know, it's going along across the entire United States. Mm-hmm. And I would agree that it's it's not an epidemic. It is the pandemic. I mean, I believe more people are dying from this, you know, <laughs> this racial um you know these racist out outlashes against against ma- major, um, primarily blacks in this country. And the outlashes are in different levels. Yeah, of course, because some of it is the, like directly where police are killing people, and then it's, it happens on on uh, different scales. You know, not only um, you know directly killing people, but in, into the way the communities the system, are right. system, systemic agenda. So I just want to say, sum it up with, yeah, um, last year we saw a small version of it in 2020 that was being publicized and it's still going on, but they, they, they shadow it with other news so that we're not looking at that right now. And it's only important to them when they, like you said, like it, it's, it's causing them to lose money. And those black power movements, or I'm sorry, Black Lives Matter movements, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're actually doing that. It was causing people to be distracted from what they want you to be focused on to spend money. Understood. Right? Mm-hmm. And nobody wants us to keep continuing to talk about support black owned businesses. They want right. you to keep going buying from Walmart and Target and right. you know, and their their companies. You know, right. so yeah, it's not that it's just about time. It's like, okay, that's really that's really not solving anything. What are you gonna do about it? That's the problem. Right can make it a statement but what are you gonna really do to make it a difference right so so we got joe biden (laughs) this is i mean current event i mean it's just a comp it's just a a current event that just keep happening right um can we get that video real quick Locations basic, yo, he's yo, that man right there. Yeah. So the point, the point of that was, you know, and to win the election, they tricked me. They tricked me. That's right. Yeah, I'm saying, and um, that's what a lot of people are feeling about when it comes down to Joe Biden. You know what I mean? Um, real quick, what do you think about Joe Biden and what he's been doing? This give us thirty seconds. Not even that long because he hasn't been doing anything. So, what you think, Joe? I, well, you know, that's my surname, so I hate that I have to be associated with that when people think of Joe Biden. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's right on time. Like, it's been a full year, right? You've Since the election, I've been almost 11 months since he's been elected. What's mm-hmm. going to go down? What's happening? You know what I mean? And 
same as always, same as it ever was, if you will. You know, nothing's changed. And I'm surprised people expected more. There you know, you know, we're not the main issue. And we never were. But it seems like they need our help to do that. You I, know what I mean? So I, I just look at it like that. I said, I, I don't know why people are surprised. It, it, yeah. it's, it's business as usual with them. Yep. Zach? Yeah, um, you know, I, I don't I don't even talk about this guy too much. I mean, and, and for people to expect anything from a politician when he's trying to win an election is just, you know, absurd. We already know the game. You know, of course, they're going to talk to people who they want the votes from. It doesn't mean anything. No president ever has, done, have, has ever done everything they promised. Uh, some of them do small uh, portion of what they have ever promised. So, right. I mean. You know, and, and I mean, look at the guy, man. I mean, come on, man. He's all up in the news for like touching children and 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 being a pervert with women and people's wives. Like, what kind Let's of person? Let's not go you? there yet. Let's. <laughs> How else are you gonna think about someone like that? Like, what is this? Right, right, right. So that's why I said just real quick: Is Joe Biden doing anything? The consensus no. is no. All right. So. Real quick, our new, our new segment that we're going to do, we're going to leave a little more time for it next time. Just didn't even remember for a second there. But it's our new segment. You know what I mean. Know what I mean. Get it? Know what I mean. All right. Shoot me with it. Hit us with it. Let's see. What I mean with the weekend. All right. I'm on a Zoom call and two of my black colleagues have the same surname. My white colleague thought it was amusing to ask, oh, are you two related? Ha ha. And so one of them said, nah, but our ancestors probably worked the same plantation. And now everyone is sitting in silence. Uh, that, <laughs> yeah, drops the mic, right? You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's one of those funny things. And that's our new segment. You know what I mean? Do we going to come up with little funny memes that just deal with little, little political things and whatnot? You know what I mean? Just, just to throw some levity into the situation because it's so, so serious. There is some truth in jokes. Definitely some truth in jokes. And people people talk about that all the time, no? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So with that being said, wonderful first half. We 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 came up with two new segments that we're gonna tweak and figure out how we used to um how we you know to to incorporate it, but I love it. You know what I'm saying? We did um you know, making our ancestors proud, and then we got, you know what I mean, and with that, guess what? Um, we're going to have a little break, and we're going to get a little word from the Evening Rush Network, our network that we're on, one of the ne- one of the hardest working places, you know, network dudes behind the scenes, Sean Don. Shout out to you, brother. Looking to podcast shows and do not know where to start? The Evening Rush Network can help you with that. Call us at 929-441-2417 or email us at theeveningrushnetwork at gmail.com for dates and prices. We got you for all your podcast needs. The Evening Rush Network. Tune in, subscribe, and share. Definitely, most definitely, as you see in our intro, as you see in our our mid-break, um, we are sponsored by Baller. We are on the Evening Rush Network. We have we are we have our Facebook page plug with Molly and Joe. We are on Facebook. We are on so many other platforms, Spotify and the such. Um, Instagram at plugged um, MJ. All right. So um, back to back to back to the show. You know what I'm saying? Let's get back to what we were talking about. 
um, the topic of the day. You know, we back to the topic of the day. You know, I know y'all liked all that current events and the round robin. We love, we love it too because we can talk about a bunch of different stuff all day, every day. But the topic of the day right now is working while black: the hardships of growth in the workplace. Okay, so working while black: the hardships of growth in the workplace. Um, I, I, um, basically. Joe, you came up with this topic. Let's talk talk to us why you thought this topic was important today. I brought it up because I, like many other people, have been a victim of being overlooked for my, you know, for, in the workplace, in the office. You know, I consider myself a very hardworking person. I consider myself a person with morals and respect for the job. But I may have been overlooked due to experience. I may have overlooked due to misqualifications. Uh, whatever the case may be and sometimes those things live with you and you don't necessarily understand you don't necessarily uh uh appreciate what's happening so i brought this to our attention because a lot of it's still happening and i know people that it's personally happening to myself included so i just want to understand if what i'm if what we're talking about if maybe i'm overreacting to it or if it's something that we need to bring attention to Okay. Well, that's why we have the different points, the different, the different um, bullet points here today to speak to that. Okay. Um, me, when it comes down to working while black, um, me personally, you're right. There's always um, different barriers to being, you know, to, to growing in the workplace. You know what I mean? You probably, you know, if, if, if another nationality jumps, you know, have to jump one rung of the ladder, you have to jump two as a black man. And that's something that I think a lot of us has um, dealt with. Um, is it something, you know, you asked, is it something that you're just dreaming about or, you you, you know, you have, you know, you just, you know, fat, you know, just coming up with, I don't believe so, but I do believe that it, it, it has a lot to do with the system. You understand what I'm saying? The system we're under, which don't allow for us to grow but so far. And then if they do allow us to grow, it's only but a select few of us that is allowed to reach those heights. And then even then doing so, you have to almost sell your soul to the to the devil, as they would say. So working while black, the hardships of growth in the workplace, that's the topic of the day. Zachariah, um, what do you say to that? Being that, okay, obviously, you're not, right? That experience of working while black. So right. <laughs> I'm going to give it to you in a different light because, you know, from what I've seen in, in my lifetime and um, in a minute, I'm going to share with you a story that my father shared with me while he was working as a spokesman for CORE, uh, the Congregation of Racial Equality. Um, mm-hmm. But before I jump into that, I just want to say that you know, it's it's not a, a, as you said, a quote unquote dream that you're experiencing that's not real. It actually is a real thing. And there's people all over the country that are testifying to this in lower and high position jobs. Um, you know, and, and, and you said a key statement like they, they only let us get so far in a certain select few. Right. But I think the thing is that, um, you know, when you're working in the workforce, there is that, you know, confined uh, environment that you are subject to this, just like in any other organization that is not run by Blacks in this society. You're going to have limitations, right? So before we jump into, you know, or, or they're going to let us, then, 
there's a select few that has also also broken the mold to become entrepreneurs and leaders of organizations like Baller.org. You know, and it, it's it's going to be because of organizations like that that inspire the youth to break that normal cycle and waking up every day to go be a robot and work for the quote unquote man. And then we'll have less cases of this because there will be more Black-owned businesses. There will be more organizations that fund and, and feed Black-owned businesses. And then before you know it, you have people in positions of power that can actually help bring bring up the next one, you know, to help them climb to the top of that mountain. Well, one of the things that don't help, one of the things that don't help, because everything that you said is true indeed, you know what I mean? I think people need to take heed real, you know, real close um adherence to what you're saying because you're coming from such a different angle you understand what i'm saying so it's like the outside looking in sort of say but yet you still understand the pain and the struggle um one of the things that hold us hold us back is the concept is, is when you look at um something like affirmative action right you look at affirmative action because that 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 also leads into the token black guy or the token black woman you understand what I'm saying? Affirmative action, the token black guy, token black woman plays plays hand in hand in a sense. You understand what I'm saying? Because I know personally, I was, um, I, you know, the background work I was doing and whatnot. And when you look at it, you look around, I look around, um, you know, on the set of Wu-Tang or on the set of whatever show I'll be on. Um, it's, it's, it's predominantly... Um, white people that's all you know all up and down with the jobs with whether it be the camera whether it be the the mic man whether it be the get the coffee you know whatever it might be you understand what i'm saying we are we are misrepresented in every situation but then you'll see that one token black guy or that yeah, one yeah. token black woman and then we we all aspire for that one spot in a sense so they keep us they keep us fighting for these little nuggets of 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 success and it's only room for one at a time in those situations i've heard that before by many many great men that says like it's only you know they only allow us to to be great one at a time they don't let it be a floodgate of us you understand what i'm saying it's it's always one great you know so the token black guy yeah that's all throughout what you think it's like being invited to the good good old boys club, you know, or the, 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 the yacht, you know what I mean? That's the energy that you get. You know, you have a whole bunch of people there uh, that are not of your of your descent, and then they invite you there. And a lot of the times they do that to under to so you can help them understand the issues because they feel comfortable with you. I know going to a all white school, uh, well, majority of a uh, white school. And when you bring up something like Black History Month, they look at you like you're the ambassador of Black history. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about this? Like, yeah. not about how I feel. What do you think about it? You know, they value my opinion because a lot of them don't really care. And they don't think to care or know uh, about the problems. And they have to bring it to the forefront because you're there. Mm -hmm. If you weren't there, it wouldn't be on your It'd be overlooked. Absolutely. So that's part of it. You know, it's like I said, it's being invited to the golf club and you're the only black person in that golf club. And you're the one who's supposed to bring up the conversations about racism and disadvantages and all these other things, because that's why they brought you in there for to be that fire star. And that's, that's, and that's one of the hardships being the token black guy. Sometimes um, Zach, what do you say to that? 
that's that, I think that's the perfect segue for the story I wanted to share. Um, as I mentioned, my father was a spokesman for CORE, the Congregation of Racial Equality. And in the 60s, he was assigned, actually he took the initiative on, on his own to step to a corporation called Norm's Restaurants. It's pretty big over here on the East Coast. It's, it's a chain. Um, it's sort of like Denny's, you know, but uh, out here it has that that status, right? And um, so he basically stepped to them and um, uh, when he spoke to, I think it was the president of, of, of Norm's, uh, and, and his first meeting, he was like, all right, well, look, you know, this is what's going on. The affirmative action was just passed. And now you guys have to hire a certain amount of blacks and minorities because they were all white employees in every single Norm's restaurant. They were known as one of the most racist, you know, um, jobs or, or, or um, corporations that wouldn't hire, give jobs um, to any blacks or minorities. So um, he's like, all right, I'll be back in six months, my father told me. Um, before he even showed up, right, before my, that conversation happened, the guy heard about my father. He heard about what he was doing. Uh, there was a few other corporations that my father had success in, you know, making, enforcing affirmative action. And the guy says, when my father first walked in the room, he says, all right, all right, I know who you are. I heard about you. How many do I have to hire? You see the mentality? This is the token what we're talking about here. So how many do I have to hire to, to make meet the quota? Right. And my father told me it offended him when he asked that question. So he said, no, it's not how many you have to hire. I'm here to ensure that you give equal, equal opportunity employment to all of your applicants. And right. if you have 50 applicants and half of them are black, then half of your employees should be black. Right. So right. it's not how many. It's about hiring, giving equal opportunity and employment. And um, six months later, I believe it was something like uh, from, a, from a, a corporation that had 0% of blacks and minorities working for them. Six mm -hmm. months later, it was something to up to like 40-something percent. Wow. You know, which is a huge number. It wasn't 50. Than that but that I was close. Close enough. But that's a huge increase within six months. You know? Yeah, that's close enough. And, and my father told me that story because for two reasons. He was proud of the accomplishment and wanted to share with me to show his son that things are possible. You can make a change. One person can set out to make a change and hopefully inspire me, which, as you can see, I'm here today. It definitely did. But I also think that he wanted to show me that the system is designed a certain way. And you have to fight or there are no wins. And even when you get a small accomplishment like that, it's not a win. And that, yeah, and that leads me into our next our next point in this whole topic: working while black, the hardships. Um, it's not enough opportunities is what is being said, right? But that's something that we'll cry out as as a people. It's not enough opportunities, or is it? You understand? Because speaking to Zachariah's story, that the opportunities, you know, if we fight enough for it, the opportunities are there. What do you say, Joe? It's a double-edged sword. Um, are there not enough opportunities? Maybe not where we want to be. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that there are opportunities for us to work, but you have requirements and you have things that you have to have in order to have those opportunities. Mm -hmm. Not everybody is there. See, it's another level before you hit that glass ceiling. Mm -hmm. Another level to keep you there 
to make you think about it if you want to do it or not. And for a lot of us as black men, maybe college degrees, we have to be a college graduate in order to have a certain job. Most of the black population, black men don't have college degrees. Mm -hmm. So I'm speaking from people that I know that would be a a deterrent for them to say, okay, it's not worth it. That's another four years of their life they got to spend getting this degree. Mm. You got uh, student loans and debt that they got to worry about before they even get the job. Mm-hmm. So you have all these layers that are being put in front of you in order to get to where you want to go. So people are going to look back and say, well, is it really worth it? No, it's, it's not. I personally don't think that it is. I think that you could do better than that. So but, is, it, is it truly an opportunity when you have to work so I hard? Mean, it's, it's deemed as one. Because they're saying, oh, you can get it if you're willing to work hard for it. But the whole point is being accessible to the opportunity, not working hard to get it. It should be there. We shouldn't have to work this hard to get those opportunities. If you want to bring it into perspective, just think about how many scholarships are awarded in general. And then how many of those are actually geared towards black students. You know what I mean? And, and and even even if it's just, if we're not just talking about scholarships, like, you know, it reminds me of J. Cole's lyrics when he said, you know, he don't, not too many of his homies from his hill have been to college, but all of them have been arrested at least once or twice. You know, so when we, when we look at how society is designed, it's not just that there are no opportunities, it's designed to, you know, to, to mold the mind to think that there are no opportunities. And so you have to take this, this path over here, this path over there, because, you know, that's what society says. And it, it's like telling telling a child you're stupid or you can't when they're young. When they're right. old, they believe they can't or they're stupid. You know what I mean? And it's the same thing what society does to, unfortunately, to a whole group of people in this country for centuries. Right. You know what I mean? So, I mean, what are you talking about? There's an opportunity. Oh, after all this time, this is what you've been doing? shaping the mind to think that way and now you want to say it's fair game no, right it's right so there's a question that's on the board to say why is it wrong for us to seek to become qualified for these opportunities why not shoot for higher education and academic excellence um personally when you ask that question based on saying you know shoot that's shooting for their opportunities that just kills the fact that we're not shooting to make our own opportunities as there people you you understand what I'm saying? Like, because we're still banking on their system. We're still banking on their education. We're still banking on their curriculum. So I understand the spooks who sat by the door. If you don't know about that one, look it up. It's a book, it's a movie and whatnot that went into the system and, and excelled to understand, to educate themselves about, you know, the system and then brought it back to the hood to do their own thing. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, there is a there is a certain level of education you need to be successful in creating your own opportunities. Yes. And but is education only provided by the system that we have in place here, the education system here? Or can you self-educate and still get to that level? Right. A lot of it is right. based on their education. It's not based on yours. But yeah. they're, like they're saying, you need to go through our system to be a success. Like they and want to allow you to learn your own system to learn your own history, they won't, right. everything on their terms. You can't learn it on yours because it's not effective. I mean, there are a lot of self-taught people, but it's hard to advance being self-taught. Think about how much you have to go through when yeah. you're a self-taught or self-knowledge individual. It's hard because you're already against the system that's been put in place for you not to succeed. 
Right. Absolutely. And then once you, once you, once you, once you see the different, the difference in the person that's asking the question is that that person has untrapped their mind a long time ago. There so you when go. they go into the education system, you're actually learning to actually bring it back to the world and bring it back to the people in a different exactly. manner. You already exactly. unplugged yourself. So now if you unplug yourself and then go into the, in the education system, that's one thing. But if you're plugged into their system, then, you, you know, we're not going to get the benefits that we looking for as a community. That's the whole thing. That's where I'm going with that. Now yes, I mean, so it draws opportunities out of a system that you've been put into. It's like you've been mm -hmm. being fed the Kool Aid and all that stuff for a long time. It's mm -hmm. somebody to adapt to a new system, especially mm -hmm. when you get older, because you know it's you you're using what's worked for you. Right. Great what is the point of this platform? You know, right. Right. To, to enlighten and, and and create free thinking minds, or to help nudge that that mind that's been molded to to. Mm -hmm. to and motivate them that you right, can right. bring outside the box. And right. yeah, and that leads me into the, the, the same topic when you talk about opportunities, because we spoke on some of the some of the places that don't give enough opportunities to minorities, right? And it's glaring, it's a glaring difference, right? You talk about the NFL, you talk about the NBA, you talk about the major league baseball. That's the lack of diversity in all of these different major sports, right? So these different major sports, there's no growth for minorities in these sports in management. It is often our, you know, what I mean, it's, you know, it's, it, and then there's this cliche that is often our own people in managerial positions who hinder our progress in the workplace. Can we speak to those two things real quick? Sure. Um, I, we, we spoke a little bit about it and I'll talk from the NFL perspective. I was talking to a colleague of mine at work the other day and we were talking about the New York Giants, how mm -hmm. they're the only, uh, 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 organization in the league that hasn't had a starting black quarterback yet. Um, and but we talked about we don't really see that from their side. They talked about Jerry Reese. He was a black general manager. He helped them win the two championship rings back in 2007 and 2012. But it, it, it's it, like we said, it's the guy that's being invited to the golf club, a private club. And a lot of those positions in, in sports is the case. Yes, like, you have to work. Like, like a man, Mike Tomlin. Right. Still is Mike Tomlin. And the reason why he's successful is because he's been there for so long. You wouldn't and, do anything to him right now. He's 15 years in. He's been there too long. And, the, and his owners came up with the whole thing about, about the, the token program. black man anyway, because it was a token interview being made, right? That's right. You had to, the they called it the Rooney Rule. The Rooney Rule was, it was pretty much saying that after you do your interviews, you have to interview at least one or two minority workers uh, before you pick your head coach. And Copeland just happened to be on the winning end of that. And as you see, this is that's where we are now. But then look at another person I'd like to bring forth. Um, is a, he's a, a offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, Eric Bieniemy, Possibly one of the best offensive coordinators over the last five, six years. Never offered a coaching job, a head coaching job, when the season's over. He's always overlooked. I want to know why that is. And he's deemed as the best at what he does. Mm -hmm. So... We look at things like that. It's like, okay, we're happy with what we have. Or like you said, we have our quota, which is our one or two black head coaches every year. You know, those always seem to be the first to go when it's time for firings. They're never given the leg longevity with mm -hmm. the exception of Tomlin. All the other head coaches are probably given one or two years. And then after that, they're Listen, gone. 
Joe, I've seen I've seen some of these other white coaches done get like three, four jobs back to back. They done got fired, hired, fired, hired, fired, hired again. You understand what I'm saying? So when it comes down to the to to, to growth and and then mind you, this is very public. It's I mean, media is all around the NFL, media is all around the NBA, media is all around Major League Baseball, and this is like a thumb in the nose because they don't change it. No, not at they all. They won't change it. They don't change it. Zach, you have anything to say to it? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm, – I'm listening, and, and I'm just thinking, like, this is the same thing going on with every major corporation that's run by, uh, you know, quote-unquote rich white people. You know what I mean? And and they have a certain mentality. And, it's, you know, I remember Joe mentioning, like, it, the old guy that's at home with eating Thanksgiving dinner, he says what he wants. When they're in that back office, man, they're not talking none of the shit that they say on the media. You know what I mean? So that's that's part of the plan, you know what I mean? Because it, you know, they work with the networks, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's a certain amount of exposure that that you can only be allotted, you know, if you're not within that quote unquote white circle, right? You know what I mean, and that's just the way TV is, man. It's always been that way, and that's to program people's minds. And don't, don't forget, I said it before, I'll say it again. They always say, "Now we return you to your regularly scheduled program." So when you talk about working while black, right, the harshest of growth in the workplace is a lot of times the highlight is on the black man because we're the ones dying (laughs) a lot of times, right? We're the ones getting killed and our sisters are getting the short end of the stick as well, right? So, and then one of the short end of the stick that we speak about, black women getting the short end of the stick, is sort of a double strike because they're women and they're black. But, you know what I mean? You would think that they should they they're getting the show that in the stick, but are they? Because I think systemically that they pit the black female versus the black male. Absolutely, it's a tactic. Yes, see a lot of it. The household up from the inside out. Exactly. Division because because for me, I also look at it as it's like like someone wrote it's just you know it's a it's a plan because if you can get the same amount of work out of a, a black woman as you might get out of a black male and pay her less than yeah. you would have to pay a black male because men automatically um, in this system get paid more than women. You understand what I'm saying? So now here you are, not only are you a woman who gets paid less, you're a black woman who comes under the under a lesser tier. Yeah. You know what I mean? Really not supposed to say nothing because just shut up and be happy you even got the job. So don't tell me about no raise. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that, well, a lot of it is like it's that glass ceiling analogy again. We yeah. all have our versions of the glass ceiling that we have to break. And yeah. for a black woman to even make it in that type of society, that's breaking the black woman. We're not even talking about the pay. We're not talking about all these things. But there's an illusion that makes her feel that she's succeeding. Mm-hmm. But it's taking out the black man or anybody else who they deem lower than her. You know what I mean? But now their 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 hardships is a little bit more extreme because if you think that we don't have opportunities, think about how less opportunities they have. Absolutely. And then having these less op- lesser opportunities, they're also not getting paid as much. No. Now, and, and just wanted to, to highlight what you mentioned earlier is that it's a plot to pit them, the black woman against the black man. 
And I think that's the case in the workforce when she goes to work or applies for a job and she's equally qualified against another black male applicant, she's going to get the job. But when she's up against any other color applicant, whether it be male or female, she's not going to get the job. Right. So that goes to the next bullet point, the black female versus the white male. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they allow her to win against her black her black male counterparts, but then she fails against her white male counterparts. They will never allow her to get past their, you know, up of to course. their tear. Of of a, right? Yeah. Well, like, then, like we spoke about earlier, the, the reason why black male is pitted against black female, it has a lot to do with the division of family. We like we spoke about earlier, Zach. Um, if you we know what's being pushed, independency, uh, non-family, all these things are being pushed for when it comes to our culture. And the reason why is to keep us separated and divided. So if a woman thinks that they're better than the man, in a sense, they're not there's gonna be no need for a family. Right. If you just get on social media today and just scroll through posts of like, you know, black women, young black women under 30. You're going to see a lot of, I don't need no man. I'm independent. I don't need no man for this. I don't need no man for that. And it's becoming a a, a a popular mentality. And I think that it's because of generations of this happening. So right. now the, you are succeeding to where there's many black women that are raising ch- children as single mothers and they're working or they have some type of support from the system to where it shows that I don't need no man. Because if I don't have a job, Uncle Sam will help me out. And, you know, it's, it's just part of the division of the household from the inside out. Not only right. that, you know, how many black males are, are incarcerated every year? Much less Exactly. Not. And, that's where, and that's the black female versus the black male. Because at the end of the day, they're going to have a resentment towards us because we're not there. If we're not there because we're arrested, we're not there because we're murdered. Because you know, there's a resentment to that. You out in the streets, you wilding, you out there, this and the third. Then you go, come on, man. So then the next man come. Listen, she's a little more hesitant about you know giving her, you know, giving of herself or giving, you know, the true, you know, the 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 the, the, the good the good side of who she is because she feels like it's going to be for naught anyway. You know what I mean? And that goes into what are the benefits of having a black woman as an employee, right? You understand what I'm saying? So when you say benefits of having a black woman as an employee, she works well. She's a nurturer, right? Absolutely. You know, consider mammy, right? That's been breeded as well. You know what I mean? Because ever since the days of slavery, they say, oh, um, you know, the white woman don't have to breastfeed. Let's bring in the black mammy, mm-hmm. right? She's mm-hmm. also in the house and cooking, and she has a natural nurturing about her, even before slavery, just because it, you want to take it back to you know, Africa, West Africa, and the tribes that were there, there was more family life than there ever was over here. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, and that's just a natural um, instinct for, you know, there are certain certain nurturing qualities or not within certain races, whether people like to see it or not. And right. the American black woman is, is, is being taken away from that now because of the way society is built and what we were just talking about earlier. But at the same time, there are innate qualities that make her fit for a lot of positions in leadership roles right so works well nurturing like i said consider the mammy role you know what i mean whereas you know that's something that they've been doing whereas they've been building this country you know i guess you could say <laughs> off, of, off of their breast you know what i mean 
Um, right. Lower wages and salaries, Joe. Right? And we discussed. You know, you it's cheap. You know, cheaper, <laughs> cheap, cheap. It's cheaper, cheaper. To keep up. <laughs> that's what it is you know you can hire more on a lesser salary and you're not really losing anything so that's and the reason is because if you keep the heel on their neck they always feel like well you know whatever you're giving i'm going to take regardless because in this man's world quote unquote you understand mm -hmm. what i'm saying i gotta i gotta do what i gotta do to get one leg up right you understand what I'm saying? And then, like someone said, it says, because the same is true for white women, the white women only have but a certain seal in themselves. They might think they could, they might think they got one over on black women, but listen, when when it's all said and done, they ain't getting nowhere either. So that's the reason why we told that's the reason why we spoke to the double strike on a black woman, because not only is she a woman who's who's gonna reach a certain ceiling, she's also black, which makes you gonna reach a certain ceiling. So we talk about lower wages and salaries. Um, the the hiring of a black woman is it gives a perception of diversity and inclusion, and it it counts in multiple metrics when meeting diversity quotas. You know what I mean? She's black. She's a woman. You understand? What I'm saying it checks off a lot of the boxes. As they yeah, were saying. it's still a token, right? And it all leads, and everything we said leads back to the token black guy or the token black person. Yeah. Right or wrong? Yeah. That's right. Because these are these are the things that people are not realizing when it comes to diversity in the workplace, when it comes to the hardship to the workplace. These are the things that people are not realizing. Why? If you work in a workplace where there are multiple women and there's not enough men, regardless of what field you're in, these things are happening. Like you said, there's ways to make people feel like they're doing something without doing something. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. and I see that. I mean, and not to say that. No, nothing against the people who are working, but it's set by design. It's a right. system that's been put in place for years, and that's how the machine, the big machine, keeps rolling and keeps going along. Because and we, we keep going with status quo. Go ahead, Zach. I, I don't want to sound insensitive because I don't know what it's like because I, I haven't had that experience. Even though on another note, I haven't had the experience of what it's like in many occasions to have that white privilege and that's just because how I present myself. So you kind of know, all right, well, this guy is not on the level. He ain't taking it. He's not going to have it. He's not one of us either. You know, but at the same time, I also don't want to overlook, you know, because we're highlighting what the problems are and, and and they are facts, not to not to take away anything from that. But I think if, if we're going to get somewhere, then we also need to highlight those few that have broken the mold. Mm. Right. And, and, you know, like the sister you were talking about, um, you know, in, in the comments, um, who has broken that mindset, you know, to become a free thinker and got educated and used that for endeavors that will help build the black community. Absolutely. I think that each one teach one mentality and and to to break that mindset that, OK, these things are against me. I'm not allowed to. I have a ceiling. No, you do not have a ceiling. And, these are facts. Yeah. But we need to encourage that, that that you can break the mold, that you can bust out of that ceiling. And the sky is the limit. And you have to believe that first in order for, for, the, for this change to happen. And you're going to face problems. And like Joe said, yeah, you're going to have to fight for it. And, yeah, it's not an equal opportunity. I'm sorry. You right. Know what I mean? But and we, that's yeah, why platforms are here for. And that's why we highlight everything that's wrong 
that way we can get to that's what right. you just now said. And in closing, that's why it's it's great that you brought it in is because we don't want to leave it as here go all of these problems with no solution. The solution the, the, the solution is what we try to show you as a show, as a as a as a platform, is that there is no ceiling. You understand what I'm saying? My black sisters, my black brothers, um, my white brothers, my listen, my white listen, everybody, humans, hum, human, humankind. There is no ceiling. You know what I mean? As, um, as, the, as the non-black member of this uh, panel, <laughs> I just want to mention I'm that if, if we're going to talk about any type of uniting, if you're going to talk about us as one people, you cannot, you cannot not acknowledge the plight of certain people who are in the struggle and face, you know, different problems that you don't face. You know, yeah. it's not like, oh, we're all one. I also am going through problems. No, right. it's kind of like the, the uh, you know, the analogy of, uh, during the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, we're both, both we're, all, we're all houses on the street have their own problems, but this one is on fire right now. Right? <laughs> we got to do something about this one. And if we're all right. in the same community as neighbors, then let's help put this fire out first. And what are we going to do about that fire, right? That's so we're going we're gonna to shut it down with that one, Zach. Joe, you got something to say? This has been great. Like, mm-hmm. this is like our session. You know, we talk about being mental warriors, right? Health warriors. And this is what we need. This is our therapy, if you will. So, like yep. I said, for all that we go through during the week, I love coming here every Thursday, even Wednesday when we're in our production meetings and just planning everything out because this is how we get our word across without being seen as volatile, without being seen as angry, without being seen as. Um, as as people who have an axe to grind, and we do it professionally, and we do it the right way. So, and then it's, then it's, then it's therapeutic as well. You know what I mean? It's, it's a lot of therapy that's involved. And um, I just want to say, good looking to you. You know, good looking out, guys. You know what I'm saying? The free thinkers here, because that's something you used you used a couple of times recently, and that's something that I believe that I am as a free thinker, someone who thinks outside the box. And with that, man, thank you, Zachariah, for being here as usual every week. Joe, you're here. You always got something to say, always something to, to, to enlighten us with. Zach, listen, like they said, man, they wouldn't even believe who, you know, who, you know what, 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 your, what, what, your, what your complexion is, as they say. I won't even say skin color. We're going to leave that alone. What your complexion is, as they would say, um, the way you talk and the way you're passionate migrating to different region of the yeah 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 that's what we're gonna talk that's, yeah 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 cousin I right, cousin right, cousin. Peace. Uh, <laughs> peace.